Yeah. Can I can I remove this bit of? Um, uh, is that all right? Because I'm gonna. I, I'm not very good with things like that. I'm sure it would either poke myself or break it or something. Anyway, good morning. It's good to be together. And uh, for those who don't know me, I'm Andrew and one of the leadership team uh, here at Abbey Church. The Queen is the only Queen that I have ever known. She has ruled throughout my entire lifetime and she was reigning years, years well, you only, need, you only need two to make it plural, don't you? Years before I was born. And uh, so she's the only queen uh, that I've known. And uh, she is an uh, amazing uh, lady, isn't she? Have you got the clicker? Can I, can I borrow that? I just realized there is there's a PowerPoint set up somewhere. Ooh, and I've just pulled my thing off. Which is a great way to start, isn't it? Is there a PowerPoint set up, Mark? And find it. Sorry, we've been rushing outside trying to sort out the bouncy castle. Am I still connected? Yeah, yeah good. While you look for that, she's an amazing lady, isn't she? And um, and uh, it's right and proper, as we've already been doing, that we should celebrate her her reign, celebrate her life, celebrate her service uh, to this country. And. Uh, I have to say that, uh, here she is, I think, there she is, as radiant as ever. That's at her, that's at her Thanksgiving service on Friday of this week, uh, when they had a special service of Thanksgiving uh, for, for her and for her life and reign. And, uh, but I have to say, very sadly, um, with some disappointment, that the Queen has yet to invite me to one of her parties. I, I, if you, anyone would like to recommend me to her, then please do so. I'd be, I'd be very happy to accept that sort of invi- invitation. Um, but so the, the only, and I've never, I've never actually seen her in the flesh, so to speak. Either I know some of you royalists might have been at long, you know, a horse guards parade or whatever else, and waved your flags. So I've never actually taken part in any of those events. So the only way I've seen the Queen is literally on the television or. Uh, pictures in the newspaper, and that's all, that's all I know about her, in a sense, is what the media have told me about her. It's interesting, though, isn't it, that we live in a country where the media, our media is very cynical. <laughs> uh, we, we, we call it investigative journalism, but it's gone way beyond that, where we like to actually see people's weaknesses. We like to pull them down. We like to reveal all their faults and failings. But it's very interesting, isn't it, that actually... There are very few negative things, if any, that we've ever heard about Her Majesty the Queen. And I don't think that's because the media are afraid of being sent to the Tower of London or having their heads chopped off or anything else. I think it is because there is a genuine respect for who she is and what she has done. So why, why is that? Why this, this praise? Why this dutiful service? This is something she said just before her coronation. Pray that I may faithfully serve him and you all the days of my life. Pray that I may serve him, it's capital H, she's referring there to God, the Lord, serve him and you all the days of my life. First him and then us. A bit like I was reading about Solomon this week, you know, where God said to Solomon, the king of Israel, what would you want, what do you want me to give you? 
And Solomon said, give me wisdom so I might rule these people well. And in a sense, it's reflected in her prayer there, isn't it? That she would serve us as a nation, us as a people, well. Because, and this is interesting, I, I heard a biographer interviewed on the radio on Friday after the Thanksgiving service, and he caught this one little snippet. And the, whoever was, whichever royal correspondent was, in, was doing the interview said, so why do you, th-? he said something about her faith, why do you think this is? And, and the biographer said this, he said that, she said that the Queen has always recognized that her duty and her position, her place, has been given her by God. And that, that, therefore, her first responsibility is to him. And that one day she will give an account to him for how she has exercised the position she's got. That I don't think she even wanted, as I understand it, there's some question that she ever wanted to become queen. But she's done that, and she's done it because, first of all, she serves him. And that's uh, an interesting thought for all of us, isn't it? She also has... as, as uh, faith in God, isn't it? This, this, this quote is on the back of the book, and if you didn't pick up one of these, hadn't had one of these before, you've come today, please do take one from the back, uh, back table there. There are free copies for you available. But on the back of this book, she says these, those words. I know the only way to live my life is to try and do what is right, to take the long view, and to give of my best in all that the day brings, and to put my trust in God. That recognition that, yes, she's got a duty to do. She's got a life to live, a very particular life, very different to all of ours. But that she, yeah, and in that she should do her best. But she does her best in the knowledge that also she puts her trust in God, that, that God is there, in a sense, to help her, isn't it? It's, it's interesting, isn't it? She's must, one of the most well-known people on the whole of the planet, right? Incredibly wealthy, in a sense, and all that. And yet she has virtually no power. She has no power. There are many things that she presumably would like to do, uh, would want to do, but she can't do because she does not have power to operate in that sort of way. And yet, in what she can do, she seeks to do what's right and seeks God's help. And as she said two years ago in her Christmas address, for me, the life of Jesus Christ is an inspiration and an anchor in my life. Carefully chosen words, no doubt. That Jesus Christ is the one who inspires her and is also the one that produces, that gives her that rock, that foundation for the way that she seeks to live. And these things, of course, are not just, should not just be true for Her Majesty. These things should be true, in a sense, for all of us as well. As I said, I've never met the Queen But I do know somebody who has met the Queen very recently on the 24th of March this year, to be precise. And uh, he was personally invited by Her Majesty to go to a a, a service, uh, uh, an occasion, an event, at uh, Windsor Castle. And um, he he, he went along to this and... um, well, here, here he is, actually, but you can't really see him. I, I searched for a picture of him, but I couldn't get one where he's clearly... But I think this is him here, that he's standing next to this lady in this most colourful of coats, and he's in his grey suit uh, with his glasses on. And I'm not sure if it's his hand is shaking. I think it's the lady 
next to him. Very special occasion for him, personally invited to see the Queen. Well, why was, it, why was he invited? Just so you can see his face, there he is, as he was a few years ago. He's probably aged a bit since then. He's well into his 80s. His name is uh, Edwin Orton, and he's a friend, he's a friend of my, my late father's, and uh, I've known him over the years. He, he, why was he invited? Okay, well, his story is, and there's some connection, a bit of connection here with what Darren just said earlier, is that uh, exactly 50 years ago, he was a teacher in his, in his 30s, and uh, he had a family, young family, and he had a mortgage, and uh, he lived in Birmingham. Great place to live. I'll just get that in there quick. And he, uh, but he decided, he felt that actually that, God, that he was aware of the many people in Birmingham, particularly those on the fringes of society, who he knew did not go to church. Therefore, they did not know about Jesus Christ. They did not know anything of the truth and, of the, and the wonder of the gospel. They did not know that there was a God that loved them, that cared for them. And so he felt a calling to do something about this. And uh, he gave up his job, and, uh, and he trusted that God would provide for him, and, and he set up something, well, initially it wasn't an organization, it became an organization. He set up something to reach people, to both tell people and to show people about the love of God. And those two things came together. And he founded what became known as the Birmingham City Mission, and, uh, which started exactly 50 years ago. And through that, they set up hostels for the homeless, for men and for women. They had night shelters. They had food banks before food banks became popular. Uh, they did work particularly with the elderly. They did work with children on the housing estates. That's what it grew into anyway. And so for his 50 years of service to church and community, the Queen invited him to Windsor Castle on the 24th of March this year. Here's the question. Why the 24th of March? Looking puzzled, folks. Anybody got an idea? Oh, Victoria, come on. Monday, Thursday. Monday, Thursday. That Monday, Thursday, of course, comes the day before Good Friday. Yeah? Monday, the name Monday gets its name from the verses that Chris read or from that passage. You know, after Jesus washed the disciples' feet, he then talks about, he talks about a new commandment I've given to you, to love one another as I've loved you. The word commandment is connected to the word mandate, and it's from the word mandate that we get the word Monday. And so he was invited to the castle, to Windsor Castle, on Monday, Thursday, along with 90, 89 other men and 90 women who had served church and community for many, many years. Many of them were older people like himself. And uh, on Monday, Thursday, the Queen now gives uh, two purses, a red one and a white one, with some very special coins that I'm sure are worth quite a bit of money for. Uh, not the, I, think, I don't know if you can use them, in, in, I don't know if you can use them as uh, ordinary tender, but I'm sure they're very valuable. What did kings and queens used to do on Monday, Thursday, as well as give out money to people? Anybody know what they used to do? on Monday, Thursday, as well as give out alms. They did. Thank you, Chris. They washed their subjects' feet. I'm sure it would only be one or two, and I'm sure they'd be pre-selected and, pre, pre, and, pre, and pre-washed and all of that. 
But that's what they did on Maundy Thursday. From the 13th century, for many centuries, kings and queens washed their subjects' feet. So why did they do that on Maundy Thursday? Well, it's from our reading, isn't it? Because that's what Jesus did on that Thursday before Good Friday. He washed his disciples' feet. When probably the reality was that this was, of course, he knowing exactly what was going to happen in the hours that followed. The disciples didn't know, though he told them they still didn't understand. But Jesus knew what was going to happen. And uh, at that last meal with his disciples, he, probably because no one else would, he gets down from the table and he takes a bowl of water and he kneels on the floor and one by one he goes round to those men and he washes their feet. And I'm sure they were not pre-washed feet. He washes their feet as a sign. So why does he do that? Well, in the verses we read, one reason was he he says, I do this because I want to set you an example. I want you to, just as I've done this for you, not just literally, although perhaps some people do take it literally, but I want the thing, what I've done for you, I want you to do for each other. As I've loved you, I want you to love each other. I am your example that you should follow. But it's also more than that, isn't it? It's a picture, in a sense, of the whole life of Jesus Christ. And it's also, in a sense, a preview of what is going to happen in those next few hours, that next day. He washed their feet to make them clean. The next day he would give his life so that they may be forgiven and made clean in the truest sense of the word. And he was a king. In fact, the truth is he is the king. He is the king, the only king in that sense. John, at the beginning of his gospel, tells us that Jesus actually is at the very beginning of things. Whatever the beginning was, he was there. And not only was he the beginning of things, but he was the source of all life. All life that we see, beautifully manifested in our world and in the wider universe. All life, it says, comes from Jesus. And yet here we find him washing those men's feet. On the following day, we see him hanging on a cross. A terrible miscarriage of justice and all of that. But the truth is, as Jesus himself said, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I choose to do this. And he did it. And he truly is. Oh, there's the feet washing bit. Missed that bit. Truly is the servant king. The servant king. The king of all kings who became the servant of all so that we could be forgiven, so that we could enter into relationship with God, wherever we're from, whatever our background, wherever, whatever, whatever our, 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 you know, whether we're, whether we're well-blessed in this life or whether we're not. The truth is that Jesus wants to love and did love each and every one of us and wants to, us to know the forgiveness that he can bring through his death and his resurrection. He is our greatest saviour, and he meets our greatest need. 
This is what the Queen said about him. God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important though they are, but a saviour with the power to forgive. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that the most wonderful story ever? And it's wonderful because it's the true story. It's not something we just invented. It's the true story of a wonderful, a wonderful saviour. So today, it's right that we should acknowledge the Queen. She is a wonderful lady. I'm not, I don't know if I'm a royalist or a republican or whatever else, but in terms of just how she has served this country, I think we should be very grateful. And she is deserving of our praise, our respect, our thanks. And though it's very un-British, she's deserving of our affections too. She is a wonderful lady. And there are other people like Edwin Orton, and many other people who do wonderful things, and they also should be affirmed and encouraged and thanked for what they do. But here's the difference. There's only one person, only one person we should worship. There's only one person that's truly deserving of our worship, and that is Jesus Christ, the servant king. And we do that, we do that in, in a sense as we come to meet to worship, but it's more than just what happens here on a Sunday morning or in church or whatever else. Here's the words. Have we sung this one already? I was out the front. No we, no, we haven't sung it today. Right, okay. It's one of the ones we did think about singing. This is our God, the servant king. He calls us now to follow him, to bring our lives as a daily offering of worship to the servant king. We follow him by giving our lives daily to him and asking that our lives might be worshipful to him and bring him praise and honor and glory and the love that he so truly deserves. We're going to conclude by singing a song in a sense that connects with that uh, worship. You know, and this, is, this is possible. That is possible for each and every one of us. We can all do that. That is not just something for the Queen to do. That is something for you and I and all of us can do. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Worship his holy name. Talks about the sun rising. Well, the sun hasn't exactly risen today, but we're thankful that at least it's dry. But whatever day, we can worship him with our lives. Let's stand and sing this together, shall we?